Well, speaking of uh, Dow Logs and Shane, let's kick it over to our interview with our buddy J.C. Sherbert. Yeah, he's a fan of the show, but I think he's an even bigger fan of old Cousin Shane. Let's kick it over to J.C. Hey, well, we're pleased to once again be joined by friend of the show, J.C. Sherbert. You know him, the owner of the Big Spur, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, the go-to website for South Carolina football, basketball, recruiting, baseball, and everything else going on down there in Columbia, and of course, host of Inside the Gamecocks, JC. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Mike. It was a pleasure having you on our show earlier this week. It always is, and always nice to get on that SEC podcast. It's a it's a personal favorite of mine, and so it's an honor to always sit here and talk with you and your audience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a big week, like you were just saying off air. Busy as heck down there, as I, I can only imagine. So right off the bat, I mean, offensive coordinator hire. We'll get to Dow Loggins here in just a minute, but what'd you think of uh, Shane Beamer coming out here with guns a-blazing at uh, Loggins' introductory press conferences? And do you think that was, was that directed more at the media or the fans? Because um, as, as I hear it, you had quite the busy board during this uh, this offensive coordinator search. I think a little bit of both. Uh, you know, I, I understand partly the frustration because it, it the sky was not falling you know uh based on this hire and and there's a lot of important things going on with the portal with recruiting uh right now this time of year we're all kind of uh, the NCAA and their infinite wisdom has sort of shoved everything into a couple of weeks before Christmas uh you know and I'm like oh great so so now you have everything going on at once signing day essentially is in December now. Um, even though you do have a, a February signing date. But uh, I, I get that because uh, I think that – and I also, I also understand the perspective of the fans. I'm just going to call the fans now and media here in a second. The fans have – it's been – they've been through some trauma, right, with uh, offensive coordinator hires that have had to, had to be sold a little bit. You know, like the, the only real – like proven guy that they've hired is Mike Bobo. And he was there for one year under Muschamp. Uh, Kurt Roper was kind of the guy that works for the guy. There was just one year of him at Florida with, you know, mediocre results, but he did get them better. Um, yes, he had to kind of sell that. Well, okay. That didn't work out. Well, then Muschamp uh, promotes Brian McClendon, who actually did a really good job in 2018 and 2019, Jake Bentley gets hurt and, I think there was sort of no second pitch there uh, as to what to do offensively. So Muschamp brings in Mike Bobo. Bobo was only there for a year. He doesn't have a lot of talent, a lot of players to work with at all. I mean, he had one wide receiver. I thought play calling wise, he was fantastic because uh, the Gamecocks put you know probably put up some points that they shouldn't have that year, even though they were two and eight. But you know, Muschamp gets fired, so in comes Beamer. Bobo's staying, but then. He's not. And then Marcus Satterfield comes in and all of a sudden that's an unknown you have to sell. And that was a disaster. That's the worst one of them all. Uh, uh, so, you know, and it wasn't necessarily his play calling or his plays or his designs or his system, so to speak. It was how he taught it and coached, it, man. I mean, you, you can run an NFL style offense all you want, but the key word is style. You cannot run an NFL offense, <laughs> you know, with 13 word play calls and 20 different personnel groupings and stuff week to week. It's not enough time in college to do that. Nobody does that. Georgia, Georgia runs 
a similar, you know, if you watch them play, they have similar sets and similar concepts and things they do. There's no way on earth Todd Monk is teaching it like that, you know, with, with all the complications and stuff. And, you know, they just get out there and run it with sets and they go. Alabama's a pro-style offense, uh, even though it looks like a, an air raid sometimes because of the RPO game and stuff like that. And so, you know, the cumbersome parts of that offense, I think, were 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 kind of stripped away the last two games, and you saw what happened. Uh, I think South Carolina's always had talent on that side of the ball, uh, but they they kind of let the talent go play free. Uh, and, and but so so the long story short, there's been like when Satterfield left for Nebraska, it was like okay, well Beamer's going to go get somebody that has a, a track record, and you can p- at least point because I, I even told the Gamecock fans I was like, don't don't get focused on big names, get fo- focused on production. Well, there's no production to point to with Dowalagas because he hasn't been in college, and the, the NFL production was not so good. Now that doesn't mean much. Bobby Petrino and Steve Spurrier struggled to call plays in the NFL. I mean, but this guy is just a different type. Like he's taking a different path to get here. Um, and so there were some 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 upset people about it that I think were so upset and, and traumatized by previous hires that they completely blocked out the last two weeks where they won. They completely blocked out the good news on Notre Dame, playing them in the bowl. They blocked out recruiting. Mean, they blocked everything out and uh, and focused on that, went over the top. And thank goodness it didn't turn into the level of a, you know, Tennessee Shiano thing like a few years ago where people were just way over the top. Uh, but, uh, you know, it wasn't a good look. And so I think that was the frustration with Beamer with the fans. I think the media, I don't know. You know, there's uh he sort of took a shot at my website uh, with uh, it, it was my partner that reported that Sat was basically out after the Florida game. And he, he, he I think he called it fake news, <laughs> fake news. But uh, that's fine. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm game with that. We're big boys. We can handle it. It's all good. We've, we've done a lot more good than, than harm, I think, over the years in terms of, of, of him personally. So, uh, I think that, um, you know, that was maybe a shot. There was a columnist down there that, like, refused to believe that Loggins had had other SEC opportunities and was just going after Shane. I think that caused some frustration, uh, especially, you know, especially with the columnist, you know. So I I, I get it. Um, Shane Beamer is going to defend his program. Uh, he is a nice, nice guy, good person. People like him. But you don't want to you don't want to piss him off. I mean, he he's he's not sunshine and rainbows and candy and unicorns and balloons and clowns and stuff like that. Uh, when he gets passionate about something, I mean, the dude was a long snapper, man. They're crazy anyway, right? <laughs> so I mean, they're, they're nut jobs. Most of those long snappers. So uh, nah, I love I love the long snappers, but uh, they, they, they have to have you have to live on the edge a little to do that job and to do it like he did. And uh, so um, I I wasn't totally, uh, I guess, shocked by his reaction. Um, I, I do think that you know there needed to probably be a little more understanding. Uh, where the fans were coming from. Yeah, I could care less about the media, but the fans. Uh, and, and maybe he could have, you know, smoothed it over a little bit more. Now, now I think, whereas he was sort of abrasive when, when Loggins started talking, Loggins himself, um, you know, smoothed some of the concerns over with the fan base. So, all in all, positive press conference. 
uh, Gamecock internet land and Twitter worlds calm down. So <laughs> it's good for now. Yeah. And you said something I thought was very interesting, JC, when you had me on your show in again, inside the Gamecocks, it's a must watch for all South Carolina fans, but you noted that uh, early on you had reported and, and you've been hearing that Dow Loggins was a name near or at the top of Shane Beamer's list. Uh, what can you tell us about that? And what does that say about the, the quality of coach that South Carolina is getting here? Yeah, you know, a lot of people were like, well, gosh, you know, he must have gotten turned down by a bunch of people. And that's just not what happened. Um, I, I, I honestly and I can't. I haven't confirmed this beyond the shadow of a doubt, shadow of a doubt, Mike. But I honestly believe Loggins was the guy from the start and maybe the only guy he even offered the job to. Uh, I know he didn't talk to very many. You know, he just kind of – he he talked to a lot of people about Dowell Loggins. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily think anything got beyond uh, the preliminary point you know, with other candidates besides Loggins. And, and I'd heard his name back in September after the Georgia game, you know. Um, so inside the building, he his name was known. He uh, he visited with the Carolina staff uh, when Beamer first got there, came over, kind of did some workshop stuff. But uh, so he's well known. And, um, you know, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I admire the fact, I admire just about anybody that goes against the grain these days in college football because it's, you know, the sport we love is sometimes beholden to hype over substance. And uh, I respect anybody that goes against the grain. Um, it, it's just at South Carolina for certain fans. And, you know, a lot of the fans, you know, it, it, they, they've been through so many, like, uh, situations where an offensive coach is hired. It's a wish and a prayer and, you know, whatever. And so uh, I, it's hard to go back to that well, I think, if you're a fan. Uh, you know, see, th th they do deserve some empathy uh, for this. But I think at the end of the day, you know, you you, you sit there and you look at uh, Beamer's hire. It's gutsy. It's risky. Um, and, hey, it's not coaching scared, right? You don't want to coach scared. So uh, I think a, a lot of bad coaches coach not to lose uh, rather than to win. And, and, and Beamer through two years certainly is not. He's been anything but scared. Uh, to do things so that 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 eventually if this hire works out you'll look back on it and go well that's kind of the South Carolina mentality you know don't, don't just don't be scared mm. uh, just rock and roll and so uh, I think I think I think for that reason uh, if he puts up yards and points next year it'll be a it'll be a pretty good fit and we'll look back on it and laugh while we're uh, heading to the Rose Bowl with our Dowell Loggins beer shirts on uh, and uh, and all that. And, you know, he'll become a folk hero in Columbia. So now I think the biggest question in Columbia is it's all about Spencer Rattler and, and also Juice Wells. What are they going to do? Are they going to return? Uh, any update on, on how, if at all, this uh, Dow Loggins hire affects their decisions or, and maybe, maybe it's a little too early to, uh, to make that determination. I think it's uh, it's good for both. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the one thing he talked about is getting the ball in your playmaker's hands. That that was what was frustrating for Jaheim Bell last year and maybe to a lesser extent Lloyd. Is, uh, and really every player on South Carolina's offense, man, besides Rattler, who the quarterback touches it every time, uh, that, that was frustrating about Satterfield too. It's like Juice Wells had eight catches for 189 yards against Arkansas. 
comes back. He's not even targeted, doesn't even play a whole lot against Georgia the next week. I mean, you, you, you know, I, I don't think the, the, you know, when well, somebody told me one time about Saturday, he's about plays, not players. And I'm like, well, unless you're the head ball coach or Bobby Petrino or, or, or Mike Leach, rest his soul, or somebody like that, um, and have a proven system, you know, it needs to be more about players <laughs> and not plays. And so uh, that inconsistent usage of the star players, I think, graded on a lot of people. Um, but, uh, you know, you asked me if, if they're coming back. And, and you know, I, th- I think for Spencer Rattler, it, it's uh, hiring a guy like Loggins who coached quarterbacks in the NFL for 20 years. That's what he wants and needs. Uh, and I think they made that hire with him in mind. Uh, I don't think there's any tomorrow in college football anymore, man. I mean, with the portal and I mean, you, you got to take what you can when you can. Uh, and I think they made it with him in mind uh, as far as the quarterback's coaching spot goes. Uh, and then with juice, he's going to get a lot of balls. Um, here, here's the thing. If their draft grade comes back pretty high or reasonable for Rattler, I think he's gone. Uh, I think juice would probably have to be first, second round to go. But if he does that, he's probably gone. Just because, and, and and unfortunately for Gamecock fans, I don't I don't know. This is my evaluation, not the NFL. So maybe they feel different. But uh, I feel like Juice out of all those guys is the most ready to go to the league. I mean, I think he's a special player, Michael. I, I, I uh, you know, he had the most quiet sixty-three catches for eight hundred and ninety-eight yards. I think in college football last year, um, and so he. Uh, He's really good, and it, it, it'll be a blessing if they can get him back and Spencer back because there's your uh, there's your hookup right there in the passing game, and then of course you'll have portal guys, you know, a couple guys replace on the O line and all that good stuff. So that's uh, I feel relatively good about both coming back as things stand now. Now that could obviously change, but uh, as things stand now, right? And I got to imagine Justin Step, you know, he's big in that process. He's at We've actually even um, had a couple exchanges about Juice Wells, how proud he is of, of his development. He's, you know, he's he's on cloud nine that uh, that that kid has has made himself into a star at the SEC level. And one other guy that uh, he's got a connection to to Justin Step. I wanted to ask you about Trey Knox, former Arkansas tight end, now with Jaheim Bell off to Florida State. There's a there and Austin Stogner uh, back to Oklahoma. There is a a place for Trey Knox on this South Carolina team. Do you think um, the Gamecocks are, are looking good to potentially add Trey Knox with, and then throw in Dal Loggins who coached him uh, yeah. at, at Arkansas. So a lot of connections there. Do you think uh, Trey Knox, probably the, the South Carolina is the favorite to land him is, would you go that as far as to say that? I would say that they feel good around Columbia. I think that, uh, you know, he, he's a kid from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I remember uh, I think Bobby Bentley tried to recruit him. Um, and uh, they were in it for a spell. He was a receiver uh, coming out, but he, he's grown into a tight end. And I tell you, when you know, Mike, we, you and I, you, we were on the show. You were on the show the week Carolina played Arkansas, I think. And I was just like, Trey Knox is a freak, man. I mean, that guy, that kid's good. Um, and so they can get him. I, I think he's actually more uh, well-rounded than Stogner or Bell. Stogner and Bell both had good things they did, bad things they did. Um, and, you know, they need more than that because I think they're completely out of tight ends once Nate Atkins leaves <laughs> after the bowl. But, uh, 
you know, it, 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 he would be a really good pickup because I, I think he's just a tremendous playmaker and a great athlete and uh, would probably fit it well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Carolina's in, in good shape to get Knox uh, as things stand today. And, and speaking of the portal, I got to ask you, you already kind of hit on it, Jaheim Bell off to, to Florida State, Marshawn Lloyd currently in the portal. How how big of a surprise were those to you, J.C.? And Because and, I remember Bell, I believe he was – He's just talking trash to all these other fans. And, and next thing you know, he's in the portal. And um, I don't know, what. how big of a surprise was that? I, you know, Mike, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was a surprise he left. I, I think, I think it was kind of how, um, maybe how it went down. Uh, Cause he was sitting there selling t-shirts. Uh, in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, and then uh, all of a sudden just, Jumped in the portal, right? So you kind of look at it and go, hmm, that's uh that's interesting how the timing of that uh came out. So um, but but the fact that he did, you know, just the mere fact that he went didn't surprise me. He wasn't used properly the whole year, you know. Um, he's another victim, I think, of the offense being too complicated and him not being totally sure as far as what he's doing. Um, so I think that uh I think that that's one of those things that uh, you have to check it out, you know, and, and see. So I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, so, so we'll see sort of uh, how that goes. Sorry, I just got distracted by an email I got. I probably need to not look at that. Um, <laughs> Bell, so, yeah, so he's going to Florida State. I think Mike Norvell will be able to use him pretty well in a lot of different roles. Uh, he's from that part of the country, uh, kind of Lake City, Florida, Valdosta, Georgia area. Uh, you know, so he's kind of back closer to home and stuff. So, you know, that, that, it wasn't a surprise he left. It was a surprise how he did that. Now, Marshawn was a bit of a surprise. Like you find out after the fact that not a lot of people were totally shocked around the building, but, but how it went down, you know, he met with Beamer on Tuesday, assured him he was coming back, talked about, you know, spending the rest of his career at South Carolina, whatever. Uh, and then he goes home to Delaware. And the next thing you know, he's in the portal. Uh, you know, so and, and and not coming back. So that that was kind of a surprise to everyone else. But you know, Marshawn probably you know he's had some adversity in South Carolina. He can't seem to stay healthy. Um, you know, maybe there are a lot of reasons why. You know, he decided a fresh start was good. You know, sometimes you go through bad stuff over and over in a place. It's good to get a fresh start. Um, and I hope that's the case. I hope it's not a more NIL money thing because Marshawn was making, you know, a good, good living at Carolina, uh, selling his, uh, you know, with, with you know promotional deals and stuff, and then selling his Uno brand. Uh, I, I even bought some Uno, man. I don't even like butterflies, you know. I did it. Probably it's going to go give it to Goodwill now, but uh, no, I mean, just to be supportive, people would buy things, and so, and then he had a, a lot of, you know, my understanding was he's making plenty of money, so. I uh, I don't really know, you know, the the whole uh, factual, uh, concrete reasons. Um, you know, I, I think it was just probably a combination of a bunch, and you know, the, they're going to miss the healthy Marshawn Lloyd now. He was he was killing it when he was healthy, uh, you know. But you can also uh, go find running backs in the portal. Day the portal giveth, the portal taketh away, and you know, Carolina's got its eye on some pretty good backs uh, here to get ready for twenty twenty three. Right, and and I don't know if you've heard the same, JC, or maybe you just kind of 
don't care anymore because he's not a, a Gamecock, but it sounds like Tennessee heavily involved with Marshawn Lloyd. I don't I don't know if that's where he'll end up, but that that'd probably be a tough one for Gamecocks to swallow. Last thing I got for you, JC, looking ahead to the Notre Dame bowl matchup, big time game. Uh how you know, everything that's happened the last couple of weeks, not not the searching and all that, but the huge win over Tennessee. Arguably even a better win at Clemson. Knock two teams out of the college football playoff. If you can beat Notre Dame, I mean, my God, let's say Spencer Rattler comes back. I'm doing a lot of assuming here, JC, but if all that happens, I mean, South Carolina, what what are they going to be next season? You think they're preseason top 15, perhaps? It could be. It could be. I think that, uh, you know, it could be that ca- the case. It's uh, – uh, I uh, I think they've got enough pieces coming back. They need some help edge rushing wise. Whether that's yeah, you know, they need Jordan Burks to obviously come back, and and they need somebody on that other side. Uh, Gilbert Edmond uh, is a guy to kind of keep an eye on there. He, he held it down after Jordan Strong got hurt. So they need some edge rushers. You know, they need some pass rushers. I think they could use some some guys at linebacker. And you got to hope that the corners continue to play well, even though they'll lose Cam Smith and Darius Rush. You still have Marcellus Dial, uh, Torrey and Gray, Clayton White love their young defensive backs. Um, and, and there's a bunch of them coming in. So I and then whoever they get in the portal. So you got to kind of hope you gel. I, I think Kai Kroger, the punter, and Mitch Jeter, the field goal kicker back, those two guys are weapons. So uh I think that uh, you know, from that standpoint, you know, you probably uh you know, you you're probably in pretty good shape. I think the schedule too. Uh, Michael is a lot. It's it's less forgiving and it's more forgiving. So so in in odd number of years, South Carolina travels to A and M, Tennessee, Missouri, and Georgia. You know, three of those four places are toughest places to play in college ball, and Missouri's been a house of horrors. Um, but you get a lot of home games, and North Carolina on a neutral field is probably a competitive non conference game, but the Gamecocks certainly can match up with them. Uh, Mississippi State's the crossover opponent this year. They come to Columbia. Um, so, so it's a little more manageable and doesn't look like there's as much of a bear, especially at the start uh, for the Gamecocks. So, yeah, I think expectations if those guys come back could be high. And I think uh, I think they'll be a fun team to watch. Before you go, JC, tell the audience, where's the best place, easiest way to find all your work? Well, thebigspur.com is obviously – um, the, the the way to go uh, with, with the Gamecock stuff inside the Gamecocks, the show, obviously uh, the YouTube channel, the big spur is where we stream every day. Um, I also uh, have a college football podcast, JC and Morgan. Mike's kind of uh, doing NBA basketball right now. So we hadn't, hadn't gotten it yet, but uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we'll be back soon uh, to talk about the playoff and all that, and then back full speed in January. So uh, check me out there. Follow me on Twitter, uh, all that good stuff. And uh, certainly uh, uh, welcome any and all followers and new audience members. That's what it's all about. Hey, now, was this a video? I got to ask, because I've listened to I listened to the interview already. But yeah, I got the video. video? Yes, sir. Okay. Was this shot in a tub? 
because I, I I kept hearing water being dropped, and I don't know. I, I just pictured JC just <laughs> drinking wine, checking his emails in the bathtub, and doing a podcast here. So maybe you did it in the in the tub. I don't know, but I swear, I, maybe I'm losing my mind, Mike. But this was a fantastic interview, as always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs>